0: and welcome to the February 15th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us. I'm John, and on today's episode, we're talking about who won their first and only WWE Championship on this day in 2004. The road to WrestleMania in 2004 was a bit of a messy one. That road kicked off, as usual, with the Royal Rumble. That 0-4 rumble would have plenty of its own unique moments, as most rumbles do. Spike Dudley would be attacked by Kane and never actually make it to the ring on that January evening in Philly. He definitely experienced no luck by drawing number 13. Test would be found unconscious backstage, and his number 21 slot would instead go to Mick Foley, who seemed less interested in headlining WrestleMania than in attacking Randy Orton. He did just that. Attack Orton, that is, and in short order, he eliminated both Randy and himself. John Cena would tear his MCL in the match and miss some time along that road to WrestleMania. But the biggest moment of the night would come when Chris Benoit escaped the gorilla press of then-billed-as-500-pounds Big Show and slid down into a front face lock that he used to pull the big man over the top rope and to the floor, making Benoit the second man ever win the Royal Rumble after drawing entry number one and the first to do it since Shawn Michaels in 1995. It was a big moment for Benoit as well as the SmackDown brand that he represented and proud general manager Paul Heyman. Like I said though, things got messy. The next night on Raw, Triple H was bragging about the beating he put on Shawn Michaels in their last man standing match when old HBK joined him in the ring to say that their feud over the World Heavyweight Championship was just getting started. JR certainly seemed to think HBK was still the number one contender after their grueling match at the Rumble was declared a draw. Enter Sheriff Stone Cold Steve Austin, tearing around the ringside area on his quad with 316 flags flying. Austin felt Michaels deserved a rematch. But Austin had lost his power to make matches when his team lost to Team Bischoff at the 2003 Survivor Series. Austin was simply here to uphold the law in his new role as Sheriff, and he was quick to point out that while the winner of the Royal Rumble was guaranteed to face the champion at WrestleMania, the law made no mention of which champion that would be. With that, Austin introduced SmackDown Superstar and Royal Rumble winner, Chris Benoit. declared that he had worked for 18 years to be the best and after putting in nearly 62 minutes to win the Rumble he would be fulfilling his destiny at WrestleMania by becoming the next world heavyweight champion. Benoit had exploited a loophole and defected to Raw. This news didn't sit well with Triple H or Shawn Michaels and it really didn't sit well with SmackDown general manager Paul Heyman who had lost a rostered superstar the bragging rights of the Royal Rumble winner, and his presumed WrestleMania 20 main event opponent for reigning WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. Things would get even messier as SmackDown opened from Washington DC the next night. Before Heyman even got out his first sentence, Mr. McMahon joined him in the ring and put the blame for Benoit's exploitation of the legal loophole to jump the Raw squarely at Heyman's feet. Heyman had made Benoit's life on Smackdown hell and the Rumble winner took his first opportunity to get away from him. But the man who booked the world's most famous bingo hall, often on the back of a local diner napkin, wouldn't allow this news to leave him verklempt for very long. Heyman declared that for the first time on network TV, the Royal Rumble would come to Smackdown. The same 15 men who represented Smackdown at the pay-per-view would get a second opportunity to win the Rumble match and face WWE Champion Brock Lesnar at the No Way Out pay-per-view in less than three weeks. Already stacked with the likes of Kurt Angle, Rhino, Bradshaw, John Cena, and The Big Show, this Rumble redux would see Eddie Guerrero fill the spot that had been Benoit's. Guerrero was busy at the Rumble in Philly, settling family business with Chavo Jr. and Sr., but had an opening in his dance card this night in DC. The final four in that mini-rumble would come down to Billy Gunn, Rikishi, Kurt Angle, and Guerrero. Eddie would eliminate Mr. Ass with a body scissor takeover, flipping Gunn to the floor, just barely holding onto the top rope himself and pulling himself back in. It would take a missed bonsai drop and every ounce of strength left in both Angle and Guerrero to get Rikishi over the top rope, and then it was down to two. Angle had entered number one on this evening and already endured nearly 25 minutes of punishment. Guerrero entered at 13 out of 15 but had spent the earlier portion of the day at a medical facility being tested for symptoms of a concussion from his pay-per-view match. The two would go at it one-on-one for nearly another 10 minutes before Guerrero escaped an Angle sleeper by taking himself and his opponent quickly to the ropes and dropping down to send Angle flying over the top and to the apron's edge. A series of strikes from Guerrero saw Angle teeter but it was Angle's attempt at a suplex that would backfire. Eddie used his knees to get Angle to drop him and then reversed Angle up into suplex position, only to toss him clear of the ropes and the apron's edge to the floor. Eddie had a date with Brock Lesnar at No Way Out for a shot at the WWE Championship. Lesnar, meanwhile, was kind of feuding with Raw superstar Bill Goldberg. Lesnar had gotten involved at the Royal Rumble event and caused Goldberg's elimination. The two had traded insulting promos from their respective brands on SmackDown and Raw broadcasts following the Rumble. And when you consider that this Rumble redo won Guerrero a shot at No Way Out, not Mania, then compound it with the fact that Sheriff Steve Austin provided Goldberg with front row tickets to watch the No Way Out main event, you wouldn't be crazy to assume that Eddie was simply planned to be a speed bump on the way to WWE dreaming up a scenario for Lesnar and Goldberg to meet at the showcase of the Immortals. But on the February 5th episode of SmackDown, Brock and Eddie had an interview segment that ended in fisticuffs and built some genuine heat between the two. On that same episode, Heyman announced that No Way Out would also feature a triple threat between John Cena, The Big Show, and Kurt Angle, to determine the WrestleMania 20 opponent for the winner of the Angle Guerrero Championship main event. Hey, screw Goldberg. The following week's SmackDown would include another dueling promo between Eddie and Brock, and this one would go down in the annals of wrestling history, when Eddie Guerrero acknowledged his demons and delivered his famous addiction promo in response to Brock's disrespectful mariachi band segment and subsequent calling out of Eddie's spotted past which led that following weekend, and on this day in wrestling history, February 15th, 2004, where the two would meet in the main event of the No Way Out pay-per-view at the famous Cow Palace in Northern California. Lesnar was an NCAA Division I heavyweight champion and the youngest WWE champion in history, now 150 days into his third reign in less than two years since his main roster debut. Not to mention, he outweighed his opponent by somewhere in the range of about 60 pounds. But Guerrero was a high flyer, raised in a family synonymous with Lucha Libre, and already a veteran of more than 17 years. In that ring, he was somewhere between a technician and a magician. Not to mention, he no doubt makes the shortlist somewhere not too far behind Ric Flair for dirtiest player in the game. The two put on a nearly 30-minute performance for the record books, before Eddie found himself inches from the WWE title with the referee unconscious. Never one to look a gift horse in the mouth, Eddie swung the belt, but Lesnar ducked and got Eddie up in the fireman's carry for an F5 that would no doubt finish the fight. But Eddie shifted his weight and countered into a tornado DDT, dropping Brock face first onto the title that had been dropped in the center of the ring. Quickly to the top buckle with no time for a shimmy, Guerrero delivered a frog splash, and the still groggy ref counted 1-2-3, Eddie Guerrero had reached the top of the wrestling mountain. Eddie Guerrero was the WWE Champion. He would get to hug his mom and brother Mondo, who were seated in the front row just to the side of the announce desk, and bask in an outpouring of love from the Northern California crowd that was something to behold. And that was on this day in wrestling history, February 15th, 2004. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at MinutesToBellTime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to The Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in The Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.